Chikai, hold that pierogi and that polka. You don't have to speak Ukrainian or be Ukrainian to get in touch with your Ukrainian-Canadian roots. Just tune in to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio and join me, Pavlina, for an hour of contemporary and traditional Ukrainian music, folklore, and factoids for the culturally curious. Wednesdays at 11 a.m. here on CHLY 101.7 FM. If you do speak Ukrainian, stay tuned and join Oksana for an hour of Ukrainian language programming at 12 noon here on CHLY 101.7 FM. Ukrainians from Leeds, England, from their second CD, Vorone, which translates as crows, and that song was Shcheraz, once again. Itikem Zhevavim Tempom Rozpochala Nasho Programu, Vitaju Vas Vsih Shanovni Radio Suchichi na Radio Peredaciu Nash Holos, Radio Krinskoho Krinja. Hovodit Pavlina, Djakuju, Sto Rishale Perebutizimnoju, Nastupnu Hudenu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm your host, Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me. We've got a great program lined up for you. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage will take a very personal view of the Holocaust and Babinyar. As well, we have a book review by Myra Junik, and this week's book review is of Making Bombs for Hitler, a young adult novel by Marcia Forchuk Skrupuch, as well, Victor's Vignettes, and a look back at what life was like during Soviet times. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is Boris Sevestyanov with... Uh, an original composition, Sabina, This is War. What is this? This is geopolitics. Who is this? There's a murders and killers. This is war. This is war. Through the years, we have sought our freedom. Nevermore, we'll lose our chances. Nevermore. Nevermore. And we Oh, oh, oh. 
This is not a civil, civil war. This is our struggle for independence. And we can't give up, and we must stop our enemies. Just try to understand us. We don't want to kill or shoot no one. We just want to live in peace forever. All we need is love and have some fun. This is not a game. This is not the next level. Головна мета Ukraine War Amps – це допомога пораненим воїнам та патріотам, які захищають свободу своєї країни у сьогоднішній війні за Україну. Ukraine War Amps представляє програму «Всинови солдата». З вашою підтримкою наша організація зможе передавати принаймні 50 доларів США щомісяця для цільової підтримки якомога більшого числа українських героїв. 100% зібраних коштів буде передано напряму героям, пораненим у війні за Україну. Програма «Всинови солдата» будує унікальний зв'язок між вами і солдатом, якого ви підтримуєте. Все починається з вас. Візьміть під опіку солдата. Підтримайте героя України. And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now. Brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. 
Welcome to Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Peter Baker. Today we have a special story, a story that transcends time and generations, a story from the heart, and a story that reminds us of the powerful role that memory plays in our lives. Yana Rothman is an educator and activist in the Jewish community of San Francisco. She recently traveled to Ukraine at the invitation of the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter to participate in a series of commemorative events. Here, in her own words, are some of her reflections. He was tall, with broad shoulders, olive skin, and a full head of black hair. He joined the Soviet army in the first days of the war with Nazi Germany. He was seriously wounded twice and finished the war by signing his name on the Reichstag wall in Berlin in May of 1945. However, when he returned home to the Ukrainian capital of Kiev, there was no one there to greet him. His entire family, including his young wife and two young daughters, had been killed at the ravine of Babin Yar. They were among the nearly 34,000 Jews, mostly women, children, and the elderly shot by the Nazis over the course of three days in late September 1941. It is considered one of the largest massacres of the Holocaust. Estimates indicate that more than 100,000 people were killed in this ravine during the course of the occupation. Grandpa Yaakov was my dad's stepfather. He married my grandmother a few years after the war, when my dad was already a teenager. Grandpa Yaakov had no more children after the war, so from the moment I was born, I became the apple of his eye, and we always had a very special bond. I knew that he would do anything I asked with two exceptions. He would never wear his war medals, and he would never go to the annual Victory Day parade with me. We didn't speak about Babin Yar in my grandfather's presence. Every September, he would go to Babin Yar with a group of Jewish men to read Kaddish. He risked being arrested, but nothing we said would stop him. As a child, I tried to comprehend the dark facts of this tragedy. I convinced myself that at least his children, cute little girls who were only three and five years old, could not have been shot. I dreamt many times that they must have been hidden somewhere. We just needed to find them. As I grew up in Kiev, I was haunted by the past and I wanted answers. Why were the Soviets so afraid of this place? Why were they so afraid of any memory of this tragedy? Why wouldn't they create a proper memorial? After all, it wasn't the communists who committed these crimes. Weren't they the ones fighting the Nazis? I didn't receive adequate answers to these questions during my Soviet upbringing. It was never discussed at school or in the media. My grandfather passed away in Kiev in 1986. I immigrated to the United States with my parents during the gorbachev glasnost era, and we focused on building new lives. Yana Rothman had left Ukraine, but the demons of history continued to haunt her. I visited Kiev several times after Ukraine got its independence. Several monuments were finally placed at Babin Yar, but there were no information signs, and the place was littered with garbage. The young people I met there were casually sipping beer, oblivious to the immense mass grave beneath their feet. I always left that place with a heavy heart. This year marks the 75th anniversary of the tragic events of Babin Yar. 
Because of my involvement with Jewish Community Federation of San Francisco in Limud, I was invited to attend the series of Babin Yar commemorative events that took place in Kiev. This was my first visit to Ukraine after the events of the Maidan and the start of the war with Russia. The Babin Yar commemoration schedule featured lectures on a wide range of topics. The panels were expertly moderated, painful moments in the history of Ukrainian and Jewish relations were openly discussed, and a variety of opinions were represented. There was an official memorial ceremony at the Babin Yar site, where President Petro Poroshenko spoke about Babin Yar as first and foremost a Jewish tragedy, but also a Ukrainian tragedy. And I saw many young residents of Kiev come to the site with flowers. For me personally, the most touching event was a presentation of school projects dedicated to educating children about the Holocaust. The large auditorium at the Ministry of Education was packed with teachers who traveled to Kiev from towns and small villages all over Ukraine. The teachers spoke about the importance of educating a new generation of Ukrainian children about the lessons of the Holocaust and promoting an atmosphere of tolerance. Every project demonstrated how these teachers create meaningful experiences for their children in order to make them feel and understand the consequences of intolerance, hate, and indifference. As I walked along the same cobblestone streets of old Kiev that I once took to ballet lessons with my grandfather Yakov many years ago, I couldn't stop thinking about how I would have wanted him to know about these changes. I believe that the changes that I witnessed are a direct consequence of the Ukrainian people choosing a free and democratic society, and they reflect the new set of values adopted by the, by the post-Soviet generation. But I also understand that these changes are not happening all by themselves. I feel very grateful to the educators, activists, and organizations like the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter that have worked so hard and continue working in Ukraine to advance this noble cause. Many of us who immigrated to the U.S. because of the horrible experiences of anti-Semitism are often quick to stereotype and focus on the past. But the long road to reconciliation and mutual understanding starts today. Let's not miss it. We want to thank Yana Rothman for sharing her thoughts with our listeners. This has been Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. From San Francisco, I'm Peter Baker. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. Вислухайте радіопрограму «Наш голос» радіо українського коріння, котра подається вам на хвилі CHLY 1017 FM у місті Нанаймо. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, broadcasting live at CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nanaimo.
ago we were watching a revolution in Ukraine with no idea that it would drag out into a war that's lasted three years with no end in sight. That time was difficult enough as it was. The bloodshed had already begun and it only got worse. This song that you just heard was from that time. It was by a Polish group called Taraka and the song was Podaj Ruke Ukraini, and uh, that was a song to encourage the Maidan. The title translates as Give Ukraine a Hand. Coming up next is another song from the Euromaidan era. This is um, a song in reference to something very unprecedented that happened, burning tires to obscure the protesters and protect them from being fired upon 
This is a remake of a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Horiela Sosna Palala. The original title was Burning Pine Tree. This is Burning Tires. And the song was written and performed by an artist that calls himself Klofelin. I We were in brief contact on Facebook when the song first came out, and he was reluctant to give too much information about himself for obvious reasons. Little did we know how obvious they would become later on. Klofelin with Horila Shena, Burning Tires.
Welcome to Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Marsha Forchuk's novel, Making Bombs for Hitler. The novel begins in 1943, as Lida and her younger sister Larissa are separated after the Nazis take over their village. Lida is sent to a work camp to become an Austro-beater, or forced labor worker, and Larissa disappears. Will they ever be reunited? Nine-year-old Lida struggles to survive in the horrible conditions of the Bavarian work camp. She is warned by older girls in her barracks that Germans don't like young workers, so she pretends to be 13 years old. She develops a strong friendship with her fellow slave laborer, Luca. She must eat subhuman food, wear the clothing she was captured in, and go barefoot. Luckily, she is selected to work in the camp laundry, where her expert sewing skills are put to use. Her life is much easier than that of others who must work on farms and in factories. When she comes to the attention of a cruel guard, she's sent to another location to make bombs for Hitler. When this location is destroyed by Allied bombs, Lida and the other slave laborers are moved and locked up in abominable conditions to make bullets for German soldiers. After the camp is liberated by Americans, Lida hopes to find her sister and her friend Luca. At the displaced persons camp, the Soviets urge all the Ukrainians to return to their homeland. Some of them do, only to find out that they will be sent to Siberia as punishment for cooperating with the Germans. Since she has nowhere else to go, the displaced persons camp becomes Lida's home. Will she ever find her sister again? This is a very well-written book about a little-known aspect of Nazi camps, the 3.3 to 5 million Austro-beaters or forced laborers. Readers will learn a great deal about World War II and the treatment of captured Ukrainian civilians. Skripuk's characters overcome great challenges during a period of war and intense turbulence. Her images of suffering are unforgettable. This was not a room after all, but a train car, the kind for cattle. It swayed back and forth. The sound was not the humming of bees, but the whispers of frightened children. Readers have already met Lida and her sister Larissa in Skripuk's earlier novel, Stolen Child which was published in 2010. Larissa was declared a Liebensborn to be Germanized by being raised in a German family. Underground Soldier, published in 2014, is the third novel in this series. It explores the life of fugitives from Nazi prison camps and gives readers a portrait of the courageous Ukrainian insurgent army, the UPA. Marsha Forchuk-Skripuk has received numerous awards and honors for her picture books and young adult novels, including A Ram's Choice, 
which was nominated for the Canadian Library Association Book of the Year for Children in 2007. In 2008, Marsha was awarded the Order of Princess Olha by the Ukrainian President Yushchenko in recognition of the picture book Enough, which described the Holodomor that claimed millions of lives in the 1930s. Most recently, her book One Step at a Time won the Silver Birch Nonfiction Award for 2014. Making Bombs for Hitler won the Silver Birch Award for Fiction in 2012 and was on the 2014 shortlist for the Kobzal Literary Award. This novel stands out as a powerful message about the strength of a child facing unbelievable challenges who believes that beauty can be found anywhere. It is available at Chapters and Amazon. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Vyslúchejte Radio Peredáču Nasholos Radio Ukrajinského Korinia na chvíli CHLY oden zero oden sim FM umístí nenajmo. Pre mikrofoní Pavlína. This is Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host, Pavlina. Що працює на народ, хліб не краде, не привласнює завод. Рівно прасу для жінок в суспільному житті, бо не матері дітей, без них немає сім'ї. Сім'ям житло, щоб у них все було, щоб народжувати дітей і дитятко росло. Медицинська допомога незалежно від грошей, повноцінне лікування і для бідних людей. Бабусям, дідусям, які все побудували, пенсії попіднімати, щоб не голодували, щоб не стидно було вийти погулять, вдіти гарний костюм та гуцулку станцювати. Вільний доступ до ресурсів, незалежно від зв'язків, незалежно хто ти є і від статусу батьків. Вільний розвиток людей без державного пресу, тільки так ми Сягнемо прогресу. Ми поставим кінець, я за куть свободи всіх, хто зі мною молодець, хто візьме хабаря, в космос полетить, в нас корупції не буде, тут таким нема де жити, суботекс, алкоголь, метадон, нікотин, кожний день пожирають дітей України. Я за овощі після спорту для всіх, ча-ча-ча для старих і кольфу для малих. 600 тисяч українців помирає кожен рік, а іще половина емігрує. Може Україна не дожити цей вік, крім нас, українців, ніхто неньку не врятує. Тисячу років ми воювали за нашу свободу, і що ми дістали? Грошей народу не було і немає, він з голоду тихо здихає.
можем все змінити Набридло терпіти, так не можна жити Тільки разом зможем все змінити an artist by the name of Arturo wrote and performed that song with friends. The song was called Revolution, and it is, of course, in response to the Euromaidan uprising. Up next is another song from that time, about three years ago or so, a group called The Wailers, definitely not a Ukrainian group, but inspired by what has been going on there. They wrote, uh, rewrote a song called My Dun Light, Get Up, Stand Up, The Wailers. This one is international solidarity. Ukraine, get up, stand up. Fight for your rights. I get up, stand up. Stand up for the rights. I get up, stand up. Stand up, stand up for your rights. Right. I 
Welcome to Victor's Vignettes, stories about life in Soviet and post-Soviet Ukraine by Viktor Sergeyev of Nikolaev, Ukraine. I am Sergei Kaznady in Toronto. The year was 1991. Two young men from the University of Jerusalem arrived in Mykolaiv. They were both Orthodox Jews with traditional black beards and black hats and to my knowledge, the first Americans to come to our city. They came with a mission, to attend the reopening of a synagogue that had existed in our city before World War II. I met them through my friend Igor. Igor is Jewish, and some of his family had emigrated to San Diego, California. Igor knew how much I loved to speak English whenever the opportunity presented itself. One lucky day Igor said to me, Come to our newly created Jewish children's summer camp, and you will be able to converse with Americans. The reopening of the synagogue was a great event for Mykolaiv Jews. The few who did not take part in the great exodus of Jews leaving Ukraine for Israel. Some preferred to remain in our city and restore at least some of what together the Nazis and Soviets destroyed, such as this synagogue. But our two young visitors knew very little about it. So they turned to me, a native of the city, for help. They said to me, it's located somewhere at Moskovskaya Street. We do not know the address exactly. Can you ask the old people? Possibly they can still remember the place. Well, I was young at that time, so I asked my mother if she knew anyone who could help my friends. She also knew about my love of speaking English, so she asked around on my behalf. Finally, she located an old Jewish woman. I asked her, do you know location of the synagogue that was in Mykolaiv before the war? She said, we had six synagogues in Mykolaiv. Which one do you mean? I said, the one that will be reopened soon. Don't you know which one is that? She said, do you know the ancient monumental building that was the Soviet Medical Workers Club? That building was the synagogue. And so our visiting Americans finally found what they had come for. As it turned out, only one was actually an American. His name was Beryl, the other was named Israel, and he was from Israel. Beryl was very approachable and friendly. So my friend Gennady and I invited him over for dinner. It was a bit of a challenge. He asked for kosher food and absolutely new glasses for drinking. He explained how we could provide a kosher meal, eggs and vegetables and no meat at all. Of course, we knew nothing about kosher food. For that matter, we had not even heard this word before. So we called what we made for him pseudo-kosher food. Many of our local traditions made him wonder, for example, fish and beer. He found the combination odd, which surprised me. Personally, I think fish and beer is a good and natural combination, and it's actually kosher, or at least pseudo-kosher. But I guess, for our Jewish-American friend, it was a matter of personal preference. Gennady and I had the great pleasure of speaking only English all evening long. It was such a rare treat to meet foreigners in our city. In Soviet times, Mykolaiv was closed to foreigners for military purposes. Today, the Internet has opened up the world, 
but the world was a very different place in 1991. Beryl told us about his life in America. He had been a young street gangster in New York. Then he found religion, and his life changed dramatically. His words reminded me of the stories I heard told by various religious missionaries who came to our city. I attended a few of their meetings, not because I was interested in religion, but because I wanted to speak English. As it turned out, the missionaries were from all over the world, Mexicans, Gypsies, Indians, Koreans, and others. So much for speaking English. I did tell them, though, that if they wanted a receptive audience for a message strong on religion and weak in English, they should find another place for their mission. I told Beryl this story. It made him smile, and he said, Let us not talk of religion at all. There are many other things to speak about. And so there we were. We spoke about various other aspects of life and discovered that our lives differed dramatically. I saw Beryl only once since that evening. He ended up becoming the head of the synagogue. Many years later, someone, I don't remember who, told me that he died in a traffic accident. I still remember with fondness August of 1991. It was a momentous month. My darling daughter Julia was born. It so happened that the night we dined with Beryl, my wife was eight months pregnant. And that month, August of 1991, Ukraine became an independent country. I am Serhii Kaznadi in Toronto, Canada. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Victor's Vignettes, stories from the life of Viktor Sergeyev in Mykolaiv, Ukraine. You can find Viktor's original transcripts and commentary at his blog, Vignettes, Life in Ukraine. For audio archives and links, visit www.nashholos.com. So until next time, do pobaczenia! Coming up next is a group from Ukraine called Taruta with a recent release, Dai Borja.
чтоб пан господар Я сын мисер, жена його А три гнезирки, то їх не дітки Дай Боже! Ви слухайте радіопередачу «Наш голос» радіо українського коріння на радіостанції CHLY 1017 FM у місті Ненаймо. З вами Павліна. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host, Paulina. Here's what's happening this week in Central Vancouver Island's Ukrainian community. Father Chad Paulishin and the parishioners of St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church in Parksville invite you to services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., followed by fellowship in the hall. St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church is at 594 Carl's Way in Parksville. Stock up on homemade pierogies, pies, or both while you're there every Sunday from noon till 1 p.m. That's St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church in Parksville, 594 Carl's Way. For more information, visit them online at vanisleparochial.ca. Father Theo Mashinsky and the parishioners of St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church invite you to Divine Liturgy every Saturday at 11 a.m. and Sunday at 6 p.m., followed by Fellowship in the Hall. Their hall and kitchen facilities are also available for rent. St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church is located at 4017 Victoria Avenue in Nanaimo, just off Norwell Drive. The Vesna Ukrainian Dancers rehearse every Tuesday evening from September to June at St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Parish Hall, 4017 Victoria Avenue in Nanaimo. Fun for all ages. To join or for more information, email visnadancers at gmail.com or visit their Facebook page. On Saturdays at 6 p.m., tune in to the Vancouver edition of Nash Holos on AM1320 or streaming online at am1320.com. As well, the international edition airs on AM, FM, shortwave, and satellite radio in over 20 countries on the PCJ radio network. And here in Nanaimo, Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio broadcasts live every Wednesday to the north and central Vancouver Island, Gulf Island, Sunshine Coast, northwest Washington State, and greater Vancouver listening areas. So at 11 a.m. every Wednesday, please join me, Pavlina, and Oksana at 12 noon for two hours of the best in Ukrainian news, folklore, and music here on CHLY 101.7 FM on the radio dial and streaming online at chly.ca. In between broadcasts, make sure to follow Nash Holos on Facebook and Twitter. And for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feeds, and more, visit our website, www.nashholos.com.
and the late great El Cherny with the Prairie Shotis. Tsihodenu bulas vame pavlina, nahado yu vesuhite protamunash holos radio krinsko ho korinya, salashaitisias name nestupnu hudenu. Dali peradeyu mikrofoni oksani, zaprosiu posukite troche pro historiu i tredeci rospovist oksana. Alla peritemia kochu salashitavasti kimis slovame mudroste. Le pravde spravud levoste, koles takea musiat drohu vicinete. And our proverb of the week translates as sooner or later a path must be made for truth and justice. And that brings us to the end of the first hour of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Please stay with us as Oksana takes over the microphone to host the next hour. Meanwhile, please join me here again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. And until then, do stay in touch with Oksana and me on Facebook and Twitter. Check out the Nasholos website. That's www.nasholos.com. One last toe tapper for you, the Traveler's Polka with the By Request Band from Steinbeck, Manitoba. Stay tuned next for the Nash Hollis Ukrainian Hour with Oksana, followed by World Beat Canada with Vancouver's Cal Coat, and at 2 p.m. Jukebox Oldies with her own Bobby B. Cool. I'm Pavlina. Thanks so much for listening. Dozusrichi.
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.